What's the approach in a bridal store to position yourself as someone who's not being too pushy? With brides, they're so excited to tell you about their wedding. So the first thing is really just trying, like asking about the proposal, asking to see their ring, really understanding their wedding and their vision for the day and really connecting with them. They get excited to be able to talk to you about that. It's a huge thing they're looking forward to. It's one of the biggest moments of their whole life. So actually developing, again, that, and honestly, if, you've, if you're in the bridal industry, I would hope that you actually have a genuine passion for it and really enjoy like talking about that. At the time, I had been recently married, so I definitely had that similar passion. So people get excited. And it's like you said, it is a genuine conversation. It doesn't feel fake because it's not. You do have an interest. You do know the area and where their venue is and can picture it. And so it's, it's fun. And I think they feel that. And so that was one good thing about the store that I particularly worked at is that we didn't sell on commission because we didn't want to have that crazy like you clearly need to make the sale right then and there. Obviously we did still have quotas and have different ways of measuring our sales in the store, but really being able to focus on the bride and what she's looking for, then they're gonna trust you as an advisor where you're actually gonna tell them if something looks good on them or if it doesn't. One time we actually had a bride um, who came in and she tried an dress and it was in budget and she kind of liked it, but we could tell it was not a good dress. Like it was one that was, this is an off the rack store. The dress had some problems. It definitely needed a lot of work. And we ended up actually convincing her to go and just look around a little bit before you buy it. Like, just consider it. She ended up coming back. She let us know she bought another dress, but like brought us a gift. because She was so grateful. And then wrote us a really, really raving review on the website. So I think that similar to what we were talking about earlier, taking the pressure off and knowing you're not going to sell every single person allows you to create those better relationships and have someone actually trust you and take in what you're saying because they can tell it is genuine. It's not that you're just lying to them. And when you're a bride, that's a lot of pressure already. Feeling like you need to look perfect. There's going to be so many pictures. And so to feel like someone's really pushing you that you have to get that dress that day, it's scary. And a lot of times if you push too hard, someone's in a back the opposite direction and run out the door. So... Oh my God, there's so many things that you said that I love that I want to just talk a little bit more about. The first thing is, this is so similar to enterprise sales. The first thing that you said that really struck me was, you are putting the prospect's best interest before yours. So when you told this bride that there were some problems with this dress, they were perhaps problems that she may not have seen but that you saw, is that is that kind of what you were seeing? I don't know much about bride dresses. Yeah, I think she saw there were some problems with the dress for sure. But I think she saw like, oh, like I think, I think she was settling. I think she was probably, it's exhausting trying on a lot of dresses. Again, there's a lot of pressure. And I think she was thinking, oh, well, I can make it work. I can go find a good seamstress and get it fixed. But we ended up convincing her, you know, we felt like in the long run, if we let her walk out there with that dress, she's gonna end up frustrated. She's gonna come back because her alterations are gonna be a million dollars and she's gonna be mad less and wanna return the dress. Or we can be honest with her and say, you know, this is gonna take a lot of work. I think you should keep looking and then develop a strong, get a really good referral out of it for other brides. Or maybe she even comes back and finds a different dress with us. Regardless, either way, it wasn't going to be a good outcome if we let her walk out there with that one. Have you brought that same selling approach to what you do now at Next Step? Um, I, we, so one thing that I think is really good about Next Step is that we always try to be really 
transparent with everything we do. So that's really one of our core values. We really try to be right on our website. You can see our pricing. We like to tell people up front we're not trying to do any crazy bundling. We want you to know exactly what you're paying for and get the most out of the partnership. And so, for example, the way we underwrite each group that we work with is we actually look at their specific demographics, their conditions and things going on. And we'll tell people right from the start during meetings, during the underwriting process, you know, if it's not looking competitive, if we're not able to provide you with rich benefits options that are also going to be attractive from a bottom line perspective. There may not always be a save in total. If you're not working with a PEO today or you're not offering as much today, there might be a small investment. But if we're looking overall and it's not going to help your employees, we're going to tell you that and we're not going to release a quote because we don't want to waste your time. And we also don't want to hurt our book of business for other clients. We really care about taking care of everyone that we work with. And we also don't want to bring on a client if it's not going to make sense, if we know that down the road they're going to have terrible renewals and it's, they're going to be mad at us and then leave, that's not a good approach to business. So that's something that we do for all of our clients. Easy for me to sit here and say, that's awesome. Harder for you, you've got quota. How do you sort of wrap your head around that? What's, your, what's, what's going through your head there in those cases? I think it's just like what you were just saying in the bridal story example. I think that by being honest and having that very upfront approach, I think it opens, it might close one door, but it opens three more. Because even those groups, if they get denied right now, maybe they have an employee going through a certain health condition, but six months to a year from now, that may have improved. We're going to have a more long-term client that's going to start off stable. We're not having to try to undercut pricing or do anything that's not a good business practice up front to bring them on, it's going to also help our whole book of business. So if we are underwriting clients that are higher risk and aren't going to be performing as well, it can hurt our whole book of business, which could cause us to lose a whole series of clients that would hurt a ton of people's quotas. So I think just, again, knowing that you're not going to get every single group and still keeping your head up. You know, I had a good handful of the groups that I had gotten quotes from last year get rejected, and that could be hard. I mean, you do rely on that. That is your quota. You worked really hard to get those meetings, and then from those meetings get, you know, an RFP. But at the same time, knowing that those are really good relationships I built, and I think being really honest with them, and when they do get rejected from underwriting, giving them a call and saying, hey, this is the situation. We don't want to waste your time scheduling a proposal. We know that this isn't going to look very attractive right now, but I want to stay in touch with you um, and be really upfront and, and, and honest. I think that allows for that to kind of foster good opportunities down the road. I've also had some other groups previously where they genuinely couldn't afford or at the time couldn't bring on the entire PEO model. They were really just looking for one specific piece. Like they only wanted help with payroll. And even though when we realized that definitely wasn't going to happen, but maybe down the road it could, we'll give them recommendations. Say, hey, these are some groups we'd recommend looking at. You know, I wouldn't maybe look at a couple of these ones out here, but here's some good recommendations. I will hope this is helpful. Let me know if you have questions and let's stay in touch. Maybe in the next couple of years, this would be something that makes sense for you guys. I think that they like it. I think that they see it as someone being an advisor and being willing to be honest and open with them, especially, I mean, sometimes people are disappointed. I mean, if they're wanting to get a quote and then they're frustrated, they get denied, especially if they went through the effort of sending you all this information to get a quote, sometimes they're frustrated a little bit. But I think just having that really honest conversation and also being a human and letting them know that you're disappointed too and that you, of course, want to work with them, I think that helps, you know, I think you end up having a good relationship and a good conversation. Yeah, I mean, you build much more credibility by saying, 
we're not a fit for everyone than you ever will by saying we're a fit for everyone. And I think sure. so, so many organizations are taught to close everyone. Where did this philosophy come from? Is this something that was taught to you when you onboarded at the company or do you take this with you from your experience at Bridal? I think, honestly, I think Next Step does really drive that home. I think, every, of course, every business tries to follow that model. I, don't, I think some do it better than others, but that is really one of our core values. I think that our CEO does a really good job of making sure that obviously, you know, he has a job, we need to meet our quotas, we need to keep thriving as a company, but really keeping our our mission statement true to heart and really practicing it on a daily basis. I think that's why we also have a really good culture internally is because we help each other as a team and we have really incredible people. And I think our clients feel that even clients that I actually have a group that hopefully I'm going to be closing today actually, but um, they had, we did a proposal for them a couple years ago and they said when they came back this year, you know, we came back to you guys because we knew you had the best service. You got beat out on cost last time, but we always knew you guys had the best service and you have the best people. And I think that comes through with being very transparent, being very honest, not just undercutting pricing because that's what happened to them. The group that they ended up going with, they had got, they beat us because they undercut our pricing. And then this year they had a terrible renewal. And so they came back to us because they, that's, you know, they, they made the wrong choice and they realized that. So we didn't even have to reach back out to them. I mean, we were doing some soft touches here and there, but they ended up saying like, hey, we got this bad renewal, just like, you guys have kind of said we would, and here we are, so. Sometimes you can tell people not to touch the stove because it's hot, but sometimes people need to touch the stove first and go through the experience before they switch. This is sort of classic jobs-to-be-done theory stuff. Of course, it would be great if all prospects trusted the words of salespeople, but they know salespeople are a little inherently biased, and so it's really nice that you let that go and you didn't discount um, you basically are sending a message that uh, price is the last refuge when there's no meaningful differentiation. And if you don't value quality of service in this case, then perhaps we're not a fit. And then what you found is that they did come back and realize that it's probably even more expensive to have gone with a quote unquote less expensive uh, provider. But sometimes I think the lesson there really is patience. Like how much does patience play in your job Oh, a ton. I think especially anyone in sales for the last couple of years with COVID, I mean, it's so much harder to get people on the phone. People aren't in the office. They're working remotely. They are working more hybrid hours and things. So I think you have to be patient and persistent and not give up and um, be very strategic with the groups that you're focusing on and making sure you're, you know, you can get into a slump with what you're saying. And so having conversations like this one where you're having a refresher is always good. And then relying on your team too to always get new ideas. That way you don't fall into any bad habits. I think that's really important. I am pretty sure there's going to be a huge amount of people applying to Next Step based on this <laughs> podcast. Um, but Krista, if people want to connect with you and you will get a lot of connection requests from this podcast, how do people connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Krista, K-R-I-S-T-A, and my last name is Hull. Um, feel free to send me a direct message. You can also email me at K-H-U-L-L at N-E-X-T-E-P.com. And if you're in the market for a bridal dress, Krista, can people still call you and get your take? Sure. Okay. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I'd be happy to give some input. <laughs> 
Krista, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I think yeah. the audience got a ton out of what you said, and I know I did as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for having me. I really learned a lot, and I'm looking forward to putting it into action.